Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. She was trapped between competing desires, a desire for a more meaningful connection and the desire to never change. She wished for eternal youth and endless merriment. Sylvia Moreno Garcia, Mexican Gothic. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and this week we're casting Sylvia Moreno Garcia's Mexican Gothic. I'm joined by two casting experts and now regular podcast contributors, Courtney Kinsey from the Front Porch Royals correspondent and co-host of the podcast I Do Declare, and Juliana Helms of at Juliana Reads on Instagram and the creator of the popular Who Would You Cast polls on Instagram. Hey, guys. Hello. Welcome back to From the Front Porch. Thanks. Happy to be here. to be home. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm super excited to talk about this book. Mexican Gothic had been on my TBR list for a long time. So this kind of gave me the push I needed to pick it up. Juliana, why don't you, before you give us the synopsis, if listeners are new, tell them what casting call is and kind of what prompted your own polls on Instagram. Absolutely. So I have a feature on my Instagram polls um, every other Saturday where I do Who Would You Cast? So I ask for my followers and fellow readers to send me two actor nominations for each of the characters in the book. And I post up those two options once we've narrowed it down a bit and people vote on who they would like to see cast in that role. It's really fun. I get a lot of um, submissions each week, and it's fun to see how everyone envisions the actual human being to play the characters in these books. I love this series that you do, and I find myself invested even if I haven't read the book yet. Oh, me too. Me too, especially because every now and then I slide in kind of my own recommendation. Nobody else mentioned it, but I just feel like it's spot on, and I feel really invested in my feelings. <laughs> get hurt sometimes if people are like, two percent votes for my person courtney had you already read mexican gothic have you already read this no but it was also on my tbr list so i was really excited because i love a good october creepy read so this really fit the bill for me this was perfect juliana tell us the synopsis of the book absolutely so mexican gothic is set in 1950s mexico right outside of mexico city And it follows Noemi Taboada, who has been sent to check on her recently married cousin, Catalina, who sends a mysterious letter claiming that her husband's ancestral home, called High Place, is haunted and someone is poisoning her. As Noemi spends more time in the house with the members of the Doyle family, she begins to think there might be some truth to her cousin's claims. (laughs) maybe it's because our book club watched rebecca this week but this very much had rebecca vibes to me yes oh yeah yeah that's how it was kind of sold to me when people wanted me to cast it they were like this feels like rebecca and it's a perfect october read Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to go through the cast of Mexican Gothic, and we're going to do a snake draft of who our choices would be for these different characters. So, Juliana, why don't you go ahead and kick us off with the first character and get us started? Perfect. 
So the first character is Noemi Tabuada. She is the cousin of Catalina. She is flirtatious and confident, loves fashion, studies anthropology. Some physical descriptors is that she has long glossy hair, darker complexion than her cousin, and she is tall and beautiful. So since we're doing this snake draft style, I will go first with my pick. So my pick for Noemi, and this was one that was recommended to me by one of my followers, Carrie Reed. Um, she always sends in good recommendations, but it's Anna de Armas. Oh, that's she, a good one. Yeah, yeah she was on um, the movie Knives Out. She was also in Blade Runner. Um, she also, unfortunately, is dating Ben Affleck. Um, <laughs> and I just need her to make better choices. Um, not necessarily in movies, because she's been in great movies, but maybe in her personal life. Um, but she's got that kind of wide-eyed, innocent look. Definitely in Knives Out, she had that. But she also has a bit of a fighter in her. Uh, so I, I think she could pull off this role where, where at first she seems a little bit naive and, and trusting, but then starts to get a bit suspicious of what's happening in the house. Mm, I think that's a good pick. Perfect. All right. So Annie, what is your pick? Okay. I love that. So some insider baseball people should know that Juliana like does Google Docs for each of us. And so we get to, we keep this a surprise from each other until we scroll and see our choices and it's delightful. Yeah. Um, okay. My pick for Noemi is uh, Camila Mendez. She's from Riverdale. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just immediately, she, there were a couple of characters that I just immediately had pictured in my head and she was mm -hmm. one of them. I feel like she seems like a woman who can stand on her own two feet, uh, a yeah. sense of adventure, um, but also could be very flirtatious. And I just felt like she could embody the character of Noemi really well and maybe break out of Riverdale. Like I always feel sorry. I mean, they're super successful, right? But I kind of feel sorry for these people who are in TV shows forever and ever, and it's hard for them to break out into a different role. But I think this could be a good fit for her. Yeah, I agree for sure. All right, Courtney, who is your pick? Uh, guys, I also picked Camila Mendes. Yeah. <laughs> I had the exact same choice. And for kind of the same reasons, I used to be a Riverdale watcher definitely not anymore. It got a little too weird for me, yeah. but I feel like she plays off that kind of flirtatious element because Noemi is, you know, definitely like a, a socialite and someone that doesn't really have a hard time finding men, but she kind of rebuffs them in favor of like going to school and kind of being more untraditional than most mm -hmm. of the women in her social circle in that time. And so I kind of like that spunky Veronica attitude from Riverdale yeah. and then um, I do feel like she's very smart and could also you know figure out something is afoot here and take yeah. that on really well yeah I, I agree okay so I volunteered to come up with the alternates in case this happened <laughs> so you guys can rock paper scissors over who gets to keep Camilla <laughs> in the polls um, but the alternate or did you guys have an alternate that you had thought of I didn't want to know yeah. Okay. All right. So my alternate um, is Christian Serratos, I think is how you say her name. She is in The Walking Dead. She was also Angela in Twilight, if you are a Twilight fan. Um, she's absolutely gorgeous, though. And obviously, having been in The Walking Dead, we know that she can pull off gritty. 
Uh, so she was my alternate choice for that. She's a little bit older than the main character is. She is, I believe, early 30s. And so the main character, we get the impression that she is um, early to mid 20s. But I think she still looks plenty young enough to play that. So hmm. she's going to be our, our alternate. Okay. okay. I like that. Perfect. Okay. So up next is Catalina. And I will read her descriptor. And then Courtney will go first on that one. So Catalina Doyle, which is her married name, is the cousin of Noemi. She is the wife of Virgil Doyle. She is a hopeless romantic, has a dreamy disposition, and physical descriptors are that she has an auburn hair and lighter complexion than her cousin. So Courtney, who was your pick? Okay, so hair descriptions really do me no good because I think everyone can wear a wig or dye their hair for a role. So I actually chose... Anna de Armas for Catalina because I wanted someone to be a little bit older than the Noemi pick and I feel like sort of kind of what you said about her personality type I feel like she could play that kind of like dazed character but then not to give anything away at the end kind of make a a comeback and kind of surprise Mm -hmm. people with her strength so I picked her for the Catalina role Okay. Well, then they're going to go head to head for those two main roles. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure what we're going to do if they, if she wins for both. <laughs> I think I that's, guess. I think it's fun because I feel like in real auditions, right? Like sometimes you go yeah. in an audition for a role and then they yeah. wind up putting you in another one. So this is exciting. Yeah. Yes. And you <laughs> so sound true. like you have a lot of audition experience too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, for my child actor days. <laughs> She didn't always get the role she wanted, but she got something. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right, Annie, who was your pick for Catalina? Okay, stick with me on this, but I am rooting for Amy Carrero's career. She is 32 years old. She is from Young and Hungry, which is just a delightful little, I think, freeform show. Yeah. Yeah. The best friend, right? That's right. And And so she's a little bit older. And so I knew Catalina is kind of the older cousin. And you kind of even picture her as almost this weaker, more demure, maybe just, and I just mean physically weaker, like the house has kind of run her down. And I feel like she normally, at least in Young and Hungry, plays a pretty spunky role. So I thought it could be interesting to see her play maybe a quieter person. And yet we know that that character kind of embodies a few different things. And it just felt like I feel like I got a glimpse into Juliana's life. I just pictured Juliana with like pictures all over her wall and like holding <laughs> things up. And I just held her picture up to Cam- Camilla and I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, these would be perfect yeah. cousins. Um, and I think she could have that auburn hair. Like I even found a couple mm. pictures where her hair kind of had an auburn tint. So I felt, I feel good about Amy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I could see that. Okay. So my pick is, is, a little bit older than the main character, but y'all got to stick with me here because I, Courtney, I know you're all about them being able to wear wigs, but if our viewing of Rebecca last night says anything (laughs) about Hollywood's wig department, I don't know that I'm going to put that much on them because they consistently disappoint me (laughs) with their wigs. Um, Okay. So my pick for Catalina is Joanna Garcia Swisher. I love her. She's in her early 40s, but I think she's got kind of that rounder, more young face to her still. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she was in Reba. She's also in Sweet Magnolias. She was Reba's daughter in that show. And I loved her in that show because she was kind of spunky. 
um, in the show. So I think she could also pull off Dreamy though. She's absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think she could, I think she could pull that off. Um, she doesn't look a whole lot like my Noemi pick. Um, so I like the idea of, you know, them actually looking related, but, but she was my choice. Okay. I like that. I'm rooting for her career. I need her to do something besides sweet magnolias. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Get her off Netflix. Yeah. Okay. So our third character is we're getting into the Doyle family. So again, just to remind you, um, this is all set in the Doyle's ancestral home of High Place. And that's very important because the home itself is almost its own character, literally, um, in the book. So these next four characters are all in the Doyle family. So Virgil Doyle is the husband of Catalina. He is the cousin of Francis, who we will cast next. He is direct and commanding, also imposing. And the whole Doyle family is British, so keep that in mind. So they have fair hair, and he is very fit and muscular. So I guess I'm going first on this, since it's snake draft style. So my pick for Virgil is Ed Westwick from Gossip Girl. Oh, okay. Chuck Bass. So we know that Chuck can pull off the villain, but he can Mm -hmm. also be charming, and he can also get the pretty girl. So I I think I we've not seen him here lately either. I think one of his more recent shows was Wicked City and it didn't get renewed for a second or third season, I don't think. But I'd like to see him have more range and kind of get that gossip girl <laughs> stitch off of him a bit and see if he can be a serious actor. So I think this will be an interesting role for him. Okay. Yeah. Y'all don't seem sold. Well, I'm sold on him as a villain for sure, because that's really, to me, what he embodied on Gossip Girl. And it'd be nice to kind of see him lean into that. Mm -hmm. And I do think this character, I'm not sold on my own casting for Virgil, to be honest, because I think he was a hard person to cast because he's kind of this evil schmuck. And yet she's weirdly, Noemi's occasionally weirdly attracted to him in a way. So it's just tricky. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Someone yeah. who had some pretty strong feelings for Draco Malfoy. I feel like this is like my <laughs> ideal character. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. But go ahead. Perfect. Well, Annie, you're up next. Okay. So my okay. So I had a hard time with this because also side note, a lot of British actors are short. Just yeah. that was a new realization mm-hmm. to me. I was like, oh, yeah. these guys use skew short. Um, so I wound up going with Tom Hiddleston. <gasps> yes, oh, that's yeah. awesome. So yeah. I yeah. know he's not quite as now, I don't know, because I'm not a Marvel. I don't watch a ton of those movies. So maybe he is super muscular, but it's hard to find a picture. He always looks kind of scrawny and pasty to me. Maybe that's just me. It's fine. But I do think he could be imposing. And I do think he has, I feel like Noemi talks about this strong jawline in this, Mm -hmm. in the Doyle family. And I think he's like handsome enough to be creepy. Does that make sense? Because I've never Mm -hmm. found Tom to be super handsome but I think he could be handsome for this role well I just took one for the team and googled Tom Hiddleston muscles and I (laughs) would like to verify I think he's capable (laughs) and note for the audio we have (laughs) okay good deal I feel good I feel good about my uh selection then (laughs) nice all right Courtney who was your pick for Virgil okay my pick was Johnny Flynn who was in the oh. 2020 remake of Emma. Mm-hmm. Are you guys familiar? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So I picked him because I definitely envisioned like a fair 
British person, like going with like lighter skin, lighter hair. Um, and I feel like he has this like classically British look about him where he's handsome, but he also just looks kind of like kind of could be mischievous or a little bit evil. Um, and I loved him in Emma. And I definitely think physically he can pull off like that build strong look and like just be someone that you're like, oh, I'm kind of attracted to you, but I'm also kind of afraid of you. And yeah. I, I feel like that's what we need here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Repulsed and enamored. Yeah. 100%. What a combination. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So up next, we have Francis Doyle. So Francis is the cousin of Virgil. He is slight and timid, polite and obedient. He's also very British, so he's fair-haired and very pale. He is also tall and thin. All right, Courtney, who was your pick for Francis? You you already warned us that you have very strong feelings about this one. Oh, so do I? I did to see. This is my most proud casting achievement. I've never been more sure about anything in my life. Oh, no. Francis is... George Mackay from 1917. Yes. Oh, no, he is. It's 100%. 100%. I could spend a whole 30 minutes talking about how much I love George Mackay, but I won't. I'll just say that he is 28 years old. He can definitely pull off that pale kind mm-hmm. of scared look. If you saw 1917, that's literally yes. the whole movie. Um, yeah. I find him strangely handsome in kind of a way of like, Adam Driver where people are like is he handsome or is he kind of creepy looking like I can't figure it out Um, Mm -hmm. but he was in 1917 he was in Captain Fantastic and literally from the moment he was introduced in this story I was like I feel like this guy could be George Mackay and then only really strengthened that conviction as I read Mm -hmm. through so I'm obsessed with this idea because Francis is one of those characters that you're not really sure if you should trust him yeah, kind of given in that side eye of you seem like a nice guy, but everybody else in the family seems super creepy. So why are yeah. you not creepy? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I can exactly. see that. Oh, Thank you. I agree. He's, he's I feel perfect. vindicated. <laughs> All right, Annie. Who was who was your subpar pick? <laughs> okay. Well, my pick is actually going to be great because it is also George Mackay. <laughs> <laughs> This is immediately who I picked. I feel like he definitely looks like Tom Hiddleston's cousin. Yeah. He's tall. He, I feel like he, because Noemi does not find him attractive at all. Like she makes a real point of saying that, like he is not attractive to her. And then at the like middle, we start to see her, no spoilers, but she just kind of starts to wonder like, wait, is he handsome? And I thought, well, this exactly. is my favorite kind of person. Like, exactly. Are they handsome? I'm not sure. Maybe they are. And that is how I feel about George Mackay. So I, um, second Courtney's pick wow. <laughs> okay all right so I've got an alternate again y'all will have to rock paper scissors for who gets this alternate <laughs> um but this alternate was mentioned to me by um Kelly on bookstagram Kelly likes to read and she also helped me with um Ed Westwick was, as well um but Asa Butterfield so oh, he's cute 23 yeah. he was on Ender's the movie Ender's Game um also a book and the space between us he's also on sex education on netflix so he's just got that really innocent little kid look to him he looks to me he looks younger than 23 but we almost get that impression in the book i think that she's he just seems so timid that she's not really sure if he's actually a man yet or not um and noemi 
sounds like she typically is attracted to men. So he was my alternate. And then I will go ahead with my my first choice. Um, so my first choice was Joe Alwyn. Ah, mm, he's okay. Taylor Swift's boyfriend. boyfriend. I like it. Yeah. So I thought that he was actually pretty good in the movie Harriet about Harriet Tubman. He was also um, in The Favorite. So he's getting, you know, more acting credits these days. And in in the Harriet Tubman movie, he obviously plays a villain in that movie. So I know that he can pull off that, you know, we're n- we shouldn't trust this guy look about him. But I'd like to see if he can pull off. But no, I really am a good guy. Um, so that's, that's why he was my initial pick for it. Um, plus, he's super British and very pale. So <laughs> he was my pick. Okay, so next up is Howard Doyle. So he is the matriarch of the Doyle family. He is the father of Virgil. He is very blunt and offensive, and he is very, very old and very pale. (laughs) Okay, so I guess I'm going first on this. Um, Mm -hmm. My first choice on this was Donald Sutherland. Oh, that's mm, good. Yeah. We okay. know, yeah, we know he can be super duper creepy um, because of the Hunger Games. He played mm-hmm. the big villain in that. He was also in Pride and Prejudice, where he played kind of a softer father figure. So we know he can pull off Matriarch. Um, honestly, he's he's a bit ancient at this point. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like we could, you know, age him even more and have him be because that's mentioned multiple times in the book that he just, he is incredibly old which comes into play as well so he was my pick what about you Annie okay my pick and I wavered a little bit I couldn't decide um but finally it was between um Christopher Plummer or my pick is Sir Anthony Hopkins um he was super terrifying in Silence of the Lambs obviously Mm -hmm. but I really picked him and again I don't want to give spoilers but I just could picture slugs coming out of this man's mouth I just felt like (laughs) I just felt like I could picture Anthony Hopkins on like a bed with like leeches or something. I just feel like I That's really a could be a good it. spoiler. <laughs> he's got um he's got these really blue eyes. I and the, I think those are referenced a couple of times. So I wanted somebody who just I felt like could embody creepiness and also like look sickly on a deathbed. So yeah. I picked Sir Anthony Hopkins. Nice. So we've mentioned before that doing these castings just makes your Google search history look super suspect. And I like the thought that maybe Annie Googled, let's go with slugs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, who knows what my Google search history looks like now. It's great. True. We're all probably on a watch list somewhere. All right. What about you, Courtney? Okay. I'm going to need you guys to really buckle up for this one. So I was trying to think of someone, there's a specific scene in the book that depending on how old this person is in real life is pretty disturbing. And so I was trying to err again on the side of Hollywood magic and say who could like fit this role, but then with the magic of makeup, like really take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really pick somebody super old and I actually picked. Hugh Grant. (laughs) So I specifically wrote in my notes, if you'd like to verify, reasoning in a ton of makeup, dot, dot, dot. Excellent creep slash predator material. I just, 
think that if you've seen a picture of Hugh Grant lately, he has really fallen into bad form. And I feel like he is, he does sort of in real life have a reputation for being kind yeah. of lecherous, mm-hmm. I guess. Yes. And so yeah. I feel like if you just put a bunch of like crazy aging makeup on him, um, you've got really just so much potential for a creepy patriarch that has slugs coming out of his mouth. <laughs> Okay, also I want to say I'm looking at the picture you picked. And, okay, if not in this role, can we get George Mackay and Hugh Grant to be in a film together? Because they look mm-hmm. like father and yeah. son, for yeah. real. Yeah, those two they pictures do. really do. They do. Yeah, that's nuts. Oh, okay, so anyways. Sorry, Hugh. <laughs> that, yeah, that I'm glad you told me to buckle up for that one because... <laughs> I was not anticipating Hugh Grant to be looking back at I will say, Annie, I did also think about Sir Anthony Hopkins, but then I just got this crazy idea, and I was like, you know what? I got to take my chance. Just lean in. And, you know, I feel like Hugh has taken some different roles in the last couple years. I think he'd be a game for this. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. And, Annie, I thought of Christopher Plummer as well. Do you know that he is 90 years old? Okay, that's what I looked up and I was like, mm, I don't want to put that much pressure on Christopher. So I'm going to go with yeah. a nice 82-year-old. That seems yeah. good. seems yeah. residential, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is still acting though, so we'll see. All right, so the final character is Florence Doyle. So she is the niece of Howard and the mother of Francis. She has a very severe disposition. She is a rule setter, does not put up with nonsense physical descriptors or she's got hardened eyes and streaks of gray in her hair so i is it me yeah i'm up mm-hmm. um okay no it's me oh, oh i'm sorry go ahead yeah. courtney no it's yep. okay um okay so for francis i picked keely hawes from mm. bodyguard oh. and mm-hmm. the Durls. yeah and i picked her because i feel like in both of those shows you kind of see both ends of that spectrum like in bodyguard Mm -hmm. she's very serious and very composed and then like other things happen (laughs) but then Mm -hmm. in the Durls, you see a very like motherly like protective of her family kind of role Mm -hmm. and I feel like I want to see her do something where she can play bad like she can play sort of a villain role yeah again as far as like physical appearance I mean, she's in her 40s, but I feel like she could easily do some little gray uh, mm-hmm. hair makeup situation. Um, but I just really like her and I'd like to see her in more things. So I thought she might make a good Francis. I can picture I that. Her. Yeah, I love her in the bodyguard. All right, Annie, who was your choice? Okay, my pick is Emily Watson. I know her best from Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. Um, she's mm-hmm. in a show that I have not seen on HBO called Third Day, but now I'm kind of curious about it. It's about a cult. Ooh. But I felt like she could definitely be stern and demanding. There are pictures of her where she just looks so worn out. And so I like that mm-hmm. Florence is put together, but also looks older than she is. And I mm-hmm. feel like in the right lighting, Florence could as well. She's only 53. Um, yeah. Or Emily could as well. She's only 53. But I feel like she could easily look older. And then also has, as Courtney was saying, kind of a, still a maternal vibe to yeah. her um I also just really like her I think she's a great actress and I think this uh role in particular if not played by the right person could almost be too minor mm-hmm. um and so I think it needs an actress with some gravitas and I think Emily Watson is capable yeah she's one of those I, I know we've said before the whole you know 
you might not recognize her name, but when she sh- mm-hmm. shows up, you're glad that she's there. She's such a great yes. supporting actress. She's definitely one of those for me. Yeah. Okay. So my choice, I do not know how to say this actress's first name. <laughs> so I might need to help up on this. Siobhan? Siobhan, Siobhan, I think. Siobhan? Yeah, probably Siobhan. Um, okay. Yeah. Siobhan Finneran. I should have Googled that. Sorry, guys. From Down Mabby. She's Mrs. O'Brien. And she oh, is in oh. a lot of other PBS shows. But we know she can pull off super hateful like she does in Downton, <laughs> which I feel like is kind of enough said. But she's got those that dull expression on her face and that no nonsense and those those pale blue eyes. So she was mm-hmm. immediately who I thought of when I was reading it is her character in, in Downton Abbey. So she was my. That's a good one. I think so too. And I haven't, I, I don't, I have not seen her in a lot of other stuff besides down. Yeah. And I'm sure she's in things, but I have not seen mm-hmm. her. And I think it'd be fun to see her in a similar, but still kind of different role, like without maybe such harsh makeup, yeah. you know, like I'd like mm-hmm. to, I almost didn't recognize her in the picture you picked. Yeah. Yeah. She, a lot of those characters from Downton Abbey look way different with um, makeup yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Cause they, they don't have any in that show. Okay. Did you guys have any directors in mind? No, I did not. I'm not good at this. I don't really follow directorial trends like, oh, yeah. that style lends itself to this yeah. director. So that's really not my wheelhouse. I'm just here okay. for George Mackay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I picked a couple options. All right. Um, yeah. I first picked, I wanted a Latina director. So mm-hmm. I first picked Alfonso Cuaron. Mm-hmm. who did I think he did Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban which oh, yeah. is my favorite um, my favorite book in the Harry Potter series and I just feel like he's got a really artistic eye mm-hmm. he also did and now I'm not going to remember the name of it but that Oscar winning film that was on Netflix that was Roma, Roma thank mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. Um, he did Roma so I thought if you wanted to go like this really dark ethereal atmospheric film you could go yeah. with Alfonso yeah. and if you wanted to do almost like darkly funny like knives out Jordan and I just watched a horror movie called ready or not like if you wanted to go that vibe I thought Zetna Fuentes and she I've looked up who had directed some episodes of Jane the Virgin because I was like I feel like you could take this movie a totally different direction if you wanted Mm to Mm -hmm. um and so that was my uh, those were my two and I felt like either one it would just be a very different film depending on whose hands you put it in yeah yeah I loved Ready or Not, and I'm sad that, that it's not more well-known. I feel like Samara yeah. Weaving is incredible in that movie. Yes, it's um, a good movie. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I had a couple in mind as well. The first one was Mike Flanagan. He did The Haunting of Hill House and, more recently, oh. a couple of episodes of The Haunting of Bly Manor. Um, he also did Dr. Sleep, so those are definitely more in the horror direction, of things but he he's really good I think at capturing that creepy atmosphere and making like a location a character and I think that that will be you know important for this book because of the house aspect of it um and then my second one I'm not so confident of because it would just go in a really bizarre direction but some of the things in the book go in a bizarre direction so maybe he could pull it off but it's Tim Burton of Edward Scissorhands, Sweeney Todd, um, Nightmare Before Christmas, all of those super edgy, bizarre movies. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it might become more cartoonish 
um, not like literally animated cartoons, but right. um, even his live action mm-hmm. movies have that element to yeah. them just through the editing process. So it would be a very different movie, but he came to mind. I think you it. could go so many different directions. Courtney, you and I were talking about how this one kind of reminded me of the others, the, yeah. the mm-hmm. and I don't think that was actually a Spanish Spanish language film. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even like I feel like the director of that was um, Spanish from Spain, and I just wonder if he could be he could pull off too. Because you're right, Juliana, the house mm-hmm. plays such an important part. So I like yeah. the haunting of Bly Manor Hill House mm-hmm. director as well. I think that would be cool but this book can be taken in a couple of different directions i think yeah yeah i agree i agree well i think i think we did it i think i think we solved it i think we cast it i truly don't understand how hollywood casting directors i feel like what are they doing right now like they're at home shouldn't they be reading books and trying to figure out what they want to adapt like or listening to this podcast and letting (laughs) us do it for them right we got this you should have seen me put on a slideshow presentation for Jordan Jones last night so that he could see my castings. <laughs> I love it. I love a wild, it. wild night at the Jones home. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming on. And Juliana, thank you for um, getting everything organized for today. I really yeah. appreciate it. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in South Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelftville, and the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, www.bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. And special thanks to Dylan and his team at Studio D Productions for sound and editing and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. This week, I'm reading Christy and the Snobs by Ann M. Martin. Juliana, what are you reading? I am reading A Field Guide to Internet Boyfriends by Esther Zuckerman. Comes out November 10th. That sounds delightful. Courtney, what are you reading? I'm reading The Saturday Night Ghost Club by Craig Davidson. Got to wrap that up for book club. club. (laughs) Got to get on it. (laughs) If you liked what you heard on today's episode, tell us by leaving a review on iTunes, or if you're so inclined, support us on Patreon, where you can hear our staff's weekly new release Tuesday conversations, read full book reviews in our monthly Shelf Life newsletter, follow along as Hunter and I conquer a classic, and receive free media mail shipping on all your online book orders. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week. 